Fitness tonight with Pablo Fotidis. We are talking about turning your kids into your pension plan. Well, that's actually a very good way to put it. Because, you know, Bruce says this idea of the boomerang generation. The boomerang generation is the generation, your kids, who get to a point, they exit the home, hopefully, and when they go and seek for jobs, they're none to be had, and eventually they come back and eke your pension away. Not a pretty sight. In fact, there's a lot of popular culture right now. There's songs to the effect that have come out in and that are trending quite actively, where they're talking about two things, the boomerang generation, and then the next generation is the generation that goes out and says, hang on a minute, mom, dad, grandpa, grandma, you've made a complete mess of this world. We're coming back, and we're going to eat you right through to the end. Oh, my word. Okay, yeah, you, really made me, you made me very afraid. So basically, <laughs> we need to turn them into our pension plan, not the other way around. Exactly. Um, Let's make them entrepreneurs. Absolutely. And... and uh, we keep talking about the education system. How the education system isn't yeah, creating enough maths and science graduates, and our kids may not be able to get the same kind of jobs that were open and the opportunities that were available to us if we wanted them in the corporate sector when we came into the jobs market. So, actually, the best way to secure your child's financial future is to equip them with skills to stand on their own two financial feet. Yeah, to let them become incredibly independent and choose a destiny for themselves and create the future for themselves. Because, Bruce, honestly, you know, we're sitting with 26% unemployment in South Africa. And I read a very interesting statistic. The number of people who have now given up looking for jobs, not involved in any form of training or education beyond school level or university level, puts that statistic at 37% of the population. Yeah, it's really scary. That's high. I mean, but it's, we're not alone in this. I mean, we look at the Spaniards, we look at the Greeks, we look at the Italians. They've got youth unemployment rates, which are not far off our own, actually. Mm. And there's the evidence. It's a global trend. So if it is a trend, any astute person out there is going to actually create something that fits in with the trend. And the best way to buck the trend in this instance is help your kid become completely independent. And that's probably one of the first qualities you want to build in an entrepreneur. Okay, you need to tell us how to do it. But I'd love to hear from you this evening as to whether or not you've helped your children start their businesses. If your kids want to give us a call and tell us about their businesses, we'd love to hear that this evening as well. Wake them up. Say, hey, go on the radio. Because they should be in bed by seven, of course. Oh two one four four six oh five six seven. If they're going to be successful at this, oh double one eight eight three oh seven oh two. Tell us about your kidpreneurs, the children in your house that you've helped along the way, that maybe have helped themselves along the way. And if your kids are available to talk to us this evening, love to hear from them this way as well tonight. Give us a shout and tell us how you started an entrepreneurial journey. Maybe you started as a kidpreneur and uh, you're now doing something fantastic. Oh two one four four six oh five six seven oh double one eight eight three. 0702, your stories tonight. Okay, so step number one in, t- in creating the kidpreneur. Okay, is teaching goal setting. And this is a perfect, perfect time to do it. Goal setting Cr- without money. Goal setting because Christmas is around the corner. Mom, Dad, I want that new phone. Now, there's a perfect how, opportunity how, wh- for goal setting. What, what age are we talking about here, incidentally? Well, you know, I have, a, I have a view on this, which is not very popular, but I believe that at around nine years of age these skills should start being nurtured and formed. And the reason for it... Why is that not a popular view? It sounds completely illogical to me. Well, I'll I'll tell you the reason for it. I can justify my my view. You know, a lot of people turn around and say, well, kids should be allowed to be kids, and, you know, life is taken too seriously in any event. But I'm not saying that any of the skills that we're going to be talking about here are not fun at all. Yeah. The fact of the matter is in the East, at around the age of nine, little Pot Piang in Vietnam 
starts to perform his chores within the family business. Absolutely. Whilst going to school and probably cracking year on year maths and science the whole way yeah. through. Okay, so we're talking about the age of nine, but before we talk about that, Fiona in Harpe, you were a kidpreneur. Tell us your story, Fiona. <laughs> Thank you very much, Bruce. Um, yes, I just like to give uh, my folks. Oh, Fiona, Fiona, we're going to phone you back. Your, your phone, your phone line is not doing you justice. I would really want to hear your story. We're going to try and get a better phone line for you. Um, okay, so we're starting at the age of nine. Are we teaching kids some basic skills? Fiona, we'll come back to you in a moment. Fantastic. So the first skill is going to be goal setting, how to set a goal, and then how to create steps to achieve that goal. Most people call that a business plan at the end of the day, Bruce, but it's the logical steps in a sequence that makes sense to help achieve that goal. So if little Johnny or little Mary says, I want that new phone, then there's an opportunity for a parent to turn on and say, okay, I'll do a deal with you, which is on the deal-making side. I'll contribute 50%. Mm. It's on the literacy side of business. What are you going to do to raise the rest of the money? And that allows the idea generation side to be developed in that kid. Well, Dad, I might wash the car, or I will do this, and this is what I want for it. But there's and also that's the, the value con- side and the selling side, and the it con- all comes into it's the concept of the value of money. And is it worth my while to wash the car for twenty bucks, or do I do the job for thirty bucks? Because if you go to the car wash, it's going to cost you forty bucks. So you you start teaching the principles of pricing completely. Um, and will, does the guy at the car wash do a better job than I'm going to do? Because he does external and internal. And it's for about quality and efficiency and production. And it's about the equipment and all of that sort of stuff. I mean, you can give your kid the the, the vacuum cleaner. Um, you don't, they don't need to buy capital equipment up front. No, they don't. And they can use the water for free. You know, yeah. let's start it slowly. We don't have to worry about the costing side just yet. Okay. But setting a goal and then putting steps in place to achieve that goal, fundamental. But get them to come up with the ideas. Don't say, well, you could wash my car for 50 bucks or whatever it might be. You say, what do you think? How do you think you could make money in this household? Very good idea. There we go. Fiona in Harpei, tell us how you became the kidpreneur that did good. Okay, great. Well, um, I'm no longer a kid. I'm, I'm approaching 40. And, um, but nearly 10 years ago, my, my folks lent us 20,000 rand to buy our first business game. And we run a game, an experiential training company based on games. And, and that, was, that kind of gave us the confidence and the boost and the product to talk about when we went out there. Uh, and and so I mean that gave you the boost that so you got the loan. Did you repay the loan, Fiona, or did they eventually write it off to you? Um, it was a it was a write off, but we did employ my mother for nearly two years. <laughs> <laughs> we paid her a salary. No, but the point is, you, you, now, you've created a sustainable business with help. You were given a leg up. You were given the opportunity at a point where you needed it, and and as a result of that. So just remind us, how old were you when you started? We were. I was twenty eight. You were 28. Okay, so you're not yes. purely a kidpreneur, but had they sort of warmed you up until the point of 28, given you some skills before yes. that? Yes. I mean, from the age of 10, we, uh, I, you know, was doing cake sales, and then we had a little holiday snack bridge business, and um, it was maybe a bit easier living in a small town, but, um, but it, it's absolutely what you say, setting goals, you know, letting us save money, learning about saving, helping us it's fantastic, Fiona. Thanks very much. And if you hadn't told us what age you were approaching, you said it was a snack witch business, which immediately dates you. Um, <laughs> Howard in Emerentia, what are your kids doing? Uh, we, when they were 12, we uh, 
on their advice, we bought a jumping castle, and they ran a little jumping castle business. They, at the beginning, we took 50% of what they received to pay off the jumping castle, and this helped them to learn the value of money and to run their own business and put advertisements in school and uh, drop uh, flyers and car windscreens at the local shopping center, etc., etc. And uh, 15 years later, they've still got the jumping castle and still renting it out. Oh, that's fantastic. That's incredible. That jumping castle's paid for itself many times over, Howard. It is, and when we need a party, we've got our own. Do you, do you still take 50% uh, 15 years later, Howard? No, 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 no. Good. Unfortunately, no. <laughs> I, should have put that, I should have put that in the contract, but it's theirs now. Oh, that's fantastic. Fabulous story, Howard in Emerentia. Fabulous calls coming through this evening. And just, I mean, fab, just such nice stories. Um, we've got stories of uh, parents lending children money, and then another story of in, in Emerentia, you know, lending, they're buying the jumping castle, taking 50% of the profits for a while 15 years ago. The jumping castle made of this tough canvas is still working. It suggests to me that the small business thing isn't that hard. Public. No, it's not that hard. But the thing I really liked about Howard's idea with the jumping castle mm. 15 years on. Imagine how much repair and maintenance that jumping castle's had. And that really demonstrates the value of money. When you have an asset that's productive, that's working for you, you know, look after it, and it will feed you again and again and again. And I think that that was a brilliant idea. It's, uh, no, it's absolutely fabulous, and the kids are still doing it, still renting it out, and it's still, it's still fabulous. Beth in Northgate, your story, please, Beth. Is that a cow in the background? No, sorry, it's traffic. I pulled off oh, the sorry, side of the road. <laughs> no, I, I, I just heard this. <laughs> um, I, I ironically have a farm story to tell you. And when I was growing up, I thought this was perfectly normal until I moved to the city and found out it wasn't. Um, my parents made my brother and I, well, they didn't make us. We thought it was quite novel. Um, but we had a chicken business on our farm. So my parents, we didn't realize at the time how much they were putting into the business. But they um, supplied the land and bought the first batch of chickens and my brother very cleverly decided he would do the books, which meant I did all the <laughs> He's older than me. He took I know. He took advantage. You were, that's where you knew the glass ceiling existed, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> and and we would have to we would have to take these chickens to town and find people to sell them. And it was a small town, so it was easy. And uh, we sold them at dairies and that kind of thing. And from that, we had to buy new feed and new chickens. And we had to physically go to our school every month and pay our school fees out of this money. This was what this business was for. I mean, I think that we were probably not making that much of a profit and that my parents probably had to put a little bit in every now and then without us realizing it, but they taught us to work with money. Jeez, they taught we, you to work blooming hard, Beth. I mean, the yeah. chicken business is not for <laughs> And then when positions. we turned 16, we each got a um, clothing account signed on their name with a 200 rand limit. And we, when we turned 18, we got a credit card signed on their name with a 200 rand limit to start building our credit record. And I have the most amazing credit record now because of that. And it, it just surprises me when I hear that, that kids don't know how to work with money, oh. but my parents were so incredibly good at it. And I didn't realize how lucky I was until I started meeting other people who just had absolutely no idea how to draw up a budget, how to fill a form in at a bank, how to get a loan, how to write a business plan and that kind of thing. And I didn't realize how lucky I was to get that kind of skill taught to me at a very young age. Have you managed to get this? Some, both you, bankers. Uh, they're both bankers. You see, I knew yeah, they were Yeah, they were evil. earlier in life. Yeah, they were yeah. earlier in life. Not when we were farmers, obviously. Beth, what a fabulous story. I just hope you managed to get the smell of chicken off your hands. <laughs> but, I mean, it, it's, it's rough to go and pay your own school fees, but parents had a plan. No, look, the thing that I really appreciated over there is the financial literacy side of it. From a young, young age, 
You're teaching people how to work with money, how to work in the financial system. And there are two things that have come up, savings and building a credit record. When you want to start your business, if you don't have those two things behind you, Bruce, you're going to climb 10 mountains higher Completely. than the average person who's got that behind them. Beth in Northgate, thank you so much for that fabulous story. Jovalt, we've spoken before. Tell me how you started. Hi there, Bruce. Um, cool topic, by the way. Uh, my uh, the first gap that I saw and had no, nothing to do with um, any influence from my parents, I think, was when I was five in pre-primary and uh, saw kids in the playground uh, with those beanbag launchers that you stomp down with your foot and it shoots the beanbag up in the air. And I thought, um, so I ran, I went home that evening, spoke to my dad, um, and he uh, brought out the the big saw, and we put a couple of those together. And next day I took them to school and asked the teacher if she would like to buy some. Um, and the next, the next one was um, uh, doing coffee in winter at, at primary school, which the tuck shop lady didn't like much, so I had to stop doing that. Um, and then they were selling lighters in high school to all the smokers in the, in the, in the, in the <laughs> so corner. You, you became a small business <laughs> reprobate, Yeva. But, yeah, it, but, it, but, but what's interesting, uh, none of these businesses were really... Well, I didn't really have the skills. And like I say, my parents never really had any influence. I just sort of always saw these gaps and was very enthusiastic about, you know, trying it out, but they never lasted very long. And yeah, but we have to leave it there. I'm so sorry. But, I mean, here's a guy who learned by trial and error. Um, and he's, he's done, he's made good progress. He runs a nice little business now. And you know what, Bruce, when, when someone turns around and says, but I don't know how to do the thing that I want to do, get onto the internet, go to YouTube, and say, how do I make a doghouse? If it's dogs that you love and doghouses you want to make so that you can sell. You're going to find a whole lot of videos for free sure. on how to do it. It's really that simple. Joe knows somebody who used to tie other kids' shoelaces at school for cash. <laughs> oh, that's mercenary, <laughs> but it's brilliant. Pablo, we've not heard much of your voice this evening. No, but what a wonderful topic. Eh? What a lovely topic. Thank you very much for instigating it this evening. And we'll, we'll do it again.